good morning on this Thursday morning and welcome to our devotional Golden Nuggets, Food for Thought and for the Imagination. I hope you will enjoy today's study as we look at it and consider what the scripture says concerning concerning the blood of Jesus and him pouring out his soul for us. Well, the scripture teaches us in the book of Genesis, chapter 2, verse 7, that the Lord God formed man out of the dust of the ground, the combination of God's breath being breathed into the the clay form. Uh, He breathed the breath of life, uh, which is the word she in in the Hebrew. He breathed the breath of life into that, that, that clay form and it became a living soul in other words it it was alive the clay was alive and a soul a living soul a living being was formed because of it the living being had a spirit or was a spirit and then of course a living soul that was capable of thinking was capable of emotion was capable of rationalizing and was capable of will to be able to exercise will. And then, of course, uh, man's physical body, his biological body was given life. And that life consisted of the blood flowing through that physical flesh. It's that body and that physical flesh and that blood that when Jesus went to the cross, all were presented to the Father. He gave up his entire being. He poured out his soul, literally his entire being, for us on our behalf. Being separated from the Father in the Spirit. Uh, When he said, Father, into your hands I commend my Spirit. Pouring out his blood at different phases of his crucifixion, whether it was when he was whipped with the cat of nine tails or when he was crowned or when his beard was uh, pulled off uh, or when he was hit uh, with rods or with the rod or the staff, uh, whatever it was, wherever Jesus shed blood on the, from, the, from the palms of his hands or from the, the feet or from his very side when the spear went through him, He poured out his living being, his soul, his blood. But he also gave up or laid down his life. No man took it from him. He willingly did this. This is an expression of the soul. Having the capacity of will to choose to do right or to do wrong. The will having the capacity to either follow or not follow. And then, of course, the mind to be able to rationalize, to be able to think, and then the emotions, all the emotions, the human emotions that are involved, the things that Jesus went through. Well, in the book of Leviticus 17.11, it says, For the life, for the shea, of the flesh is in the blood. And I have given it to you upon the altar to to make atonement for your for your for your souls so the word there for the life of the flesh 
is talking about that Hebrew word nefesh. And when it says to make atonement for your souls, it's talking about that same word nefesh, which means your entire being. For it is the blood that makes atonement for the soul. So for the soul of an individual, there is nothing that can be given. There's no amount of works. There's no amount of money. There's no amount of physical sacrifice. There's no amount of any penance that one may do. There's no amount of anything except that the blood of Jesus make atonement for the soul of every human being that has existed. It's got to be the blood. Now, of course, the atonement in the Old Testament was when the animals were sacrificed. But when we get to the New Testament, it is the new covenant. It is the blood of Jesus that makes atonement for the soul. And here's one of the things that's a very important factor in understanding this. In Leviticus 17, verse 14, it says, For it is the life of all flesh, the blood. The blood of it is the life. So every living animal that has blood in it, the blood is the life of that, that animal or that human being. It says, Thereof, therefore, because the life, the nephish, is in the blood, therefore I said unto the children of Israel, you shall, you shall eat the blood of no manner of flesh, for the life of all flesh is the blood. Thereof, whosoever eateth it shall be cut off. So here we see the importance and the emphasis that God put upon the blood. That means when an animal was killed, it was to be drained of its blood. The Israelites had been taught by God exactly how to do this so that there would be no blood in what they were eating. But it also had to be uh, an animal that was acceptable. It couldn't just be any animal, a camel or a pig or it had to be those that God had said they could. A lot of times when something isn't killed properly and it still has the blood in it, that flesh, that meat begins to corrode, corrupt really quick. That's why many people uh, that when they, they die, they're, they're embalmed with, with fluid and the blood is drained out to prevent that that instant corruption, if the blood is not drained out, within three days the body already begins to stink, it begins to decay. So it's the blood that God said it makes atonement because it has the nephish in it, it has the life of the flesh. But when we get to the book of Acts chapter 20 verse 28, Paul before he went uh, to Jerusalem and before he was taken captive and became a prisoner and wound up having to go before uh, the council there and be judged and then before Pilate and or, or all the other uh, 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 Felix and all these others up until he went to Caesar for his appeal. He's admonishing the shepherds. He's admonishing the individuals of the church, the bishops or whatever you want to call them that they were called at that time. 
It says, Take heed therefore unto yourselves and to all the flock over the which the Holy Ghost has made you overseers to feed the church of God, which he has purchased with his own blood. Now, without getting, uh, and I'm going to use the word deep without confusing, everyone born on this planet of a woman, from the time of Adam and Eve, I say Adam and Eve both, because Eve is from the man, Adam, but every other man is from Eve onward. In other words, the woman. And the scripture says that by one man, sin entered into the world. In other words, the human spirit, because of sin, Adam's spirit, Eve's spirit, was cut off with that communion with God that was so perfect in the beginning. Their soul could still think. The soul could still desire. They still had emotion. The flesh still had its desires also. It had its capacity uh, to, to want to eat, to satisfy hunger, etc. And the physical body did not die instantly because the blood, the life of the flesh, was still flowing through it. But as, but as time passed by, sin corrupted more and more and decayed more and more until man's lifespan was made shorter and shorter and shorter and shorter. But those that are born again of Christ, those that have been uh, uh, transformed by His quickening through His Spirit, those have, that have been saved, as the word would be used, by His grace through faith, those individuals, it says, we have been purchased with His own blood. Now, the blood of Jesus was not the blood of Joseph. The blood of Jesus did not come from Mary either. But the blood of Jesus came directly of the Father. His DNA was very unique, that it contained absolutely no sin whatsoever in comparison to the sin of no sin whatsoever in comparison to that of Jesus. Jesus had no sin. He was sinless completely. But yet, his blood literally had the DNA of the Father. In other words, not that God himself has blood, but that the blood that was placed in Jesus, the life of his flesh, had perfection in it. It had holiness in it. It was designed specifically to atone for the nature that had fallen in every single human being. And that, that blood was meant to be a living blood. It was not to corrode. It was not to corrupt. It was not to decay. But it was to have a power that would still be effective even after 2,000 years of having gone to the cross, having been buried and having arose from the dead, his blood still has the power to cleanse us 
from our sins. It has the power to cleanse us from our unrighteousness. It has the power to cleanse us from all iniquity. That blood still continues to do its work in the life of the sinner and in the life of the believer. Why do I say the believer? Because even though we are saved, even though we have come to Christ and asked Him to come into our hearts, and even though we have repented of our sins, we still sin. Whether it's purposely intentional or whether it's unconscious and not intentional, we still sin and we still need cleansing. But the book of uh, 1 John is very clear on this. In 1 John, in chapter number 1, when we read this, starting with verse number 7, the scripture says that if we walk in the light, now light is produced, and understanding this back then, not today, with electricity and batteries, and light was produced where the oil and the flame produced light. His word is light and a lamp unto us. But you still need oil to be flowing in order for the light to be showing. So as we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have koinonia. We have fellowship one with another. Now, I want you to understand this. Fellowship must be in the Spirit. Yes, physically, we can rejoice. We can have meals together. But it is in the Spirit that we have fellowship because that is one of the compartments and capacities of the Spirit man, to have communion, fellowship with God, fellowship with one another, and as we do that, it says the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. And verse number nine, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. But it's that walking in the light. But yet, even 2,000 years later, the blood of Jesus is alive to cleanse. It has a quickening, living power in it. And of course, uh, we'll be explaining this as we get more into it. But in 1 Peter 1.19, But with the precious blood of Christ, as a lamb without blemish and without spot. That's what we were purchased with. The blood of Christ, it was precious. It was without spot. It was without blemish. He was the perfect sacrifice, but so was his blood. And his blood was offered through the eternal spirit. We'll talk about that on uh, Friday. Join us as we look at Hebrews 9.14. Until then, the Lord richly bless you. Continue looking up. Our redemption draweth near, and so does our Redeemer. Amen. Be blessed.